Today on Bruce Springsteen Sings the Alphabet, we're talking Jason Isbell and the 400 Units Reunion. Hey everybody, you're listening to Bruce Springsteen Sings the Alphabet. It was the only podcast on the internet where we talked about Bruce Springsteen songs one by one in alphabetical order, but lately... We've been talking about Jason Isbell and the 400 unit. I say lately very loosely because we took like a year-long hiatus, but we're back. <laughs> and we're, we're finishing out the Jason Isbell miniseries tonight. So the, I'm Rob Carmack. I'm joined here, as always, by J.B. Clark. You got one take, Rob. You just did the intro in one take. It took me 30, 30 40 last week. I wouldn't so. say 30 or 40. I would say like maybe two. <laughs> it's, no, it was much closer to eight. <laughs> 10 it was a bunch I mean you know as long as it gets done it's it's fine somebody's gonna do the work somebody's gonna do the work exactly exactly and you know yeah. what it probably took Jason Isbell many more takes to nail the tracks on reunions I doubt it that dude's a real one taker you think so yeah and then his band's over there like taking all kinds of time and they're just like what have I done to help man <laughs> Boom. Very nice. I did that way too soon. Very that was nice. Way too soon. No, no, that was that was perfectly done. Nicely done. No, I needed to hold on to that until we were like right there. <laughs> so yes, we're talking reunions. We're talking Jason reun- Isbell. Yes, four hundred unit. The and reunions is interesting because it came out in on May the fifteenth in twenty twenty, and I don't know if you remember JB, but that was quite a year, and uh, not a lot of good things happened. <laughs> In that year, but this this I album, know, right? I, I like, counted this album as one of the good things. Yeah, and like the last thing we had heard from him was High Road. <laughs> yes, right. Wasn't that the last song? No, the last song was um, the uh, I hope you find something to love. You know, yeah, something to love. Something hope to love. on the high road, and then something to love. Yeah, and it really felt like it was like because like that. I don't remember if you know or if you remember, but the Nashville sound came out at a time when we really thought things couldn't get worse. <laughs> oh man, we 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 had and, no uh, idea what was coming. Yeah, and uh, and that was those were like a really uplifting way to end that record that came out at such a sort of tumultuous time. It was like. It was like, hey, I hope you find hope on the high road. Like, it's last year was a son of a bitch. Yes. <laughs> For almost everyone I know. And it's like, you have no idea. Oh, man. COVID, if only we could go back to 2016 bitch. and yeah. li- relive Please. that year. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And then I think, like, what have I done to help? Which, you know, I could probably get to a little bit more in a minute. But, like, what a way to sort of bounce back from that. It's like, well, <laughs> Yeah, boy, sorry, oh boy. Guys. Yeah, yeah. He's like, so basically, the world went to hell, and I gave you the uh, Gal Gadot John Lennon video. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like that's kind of what this is. Like, whew. yeah. Uh, so this is the fourth of Jason's albums to be co-credited with the 400 Unit, and th- this is as of this recording, this is the most recent Jason Isbell album. So we'll be done with the miniseries after tonight. It really cemented this album to me. Cemented like. Okay, Isbel is the 400, Isbel, it's Jason Isbel, the 400 unit, is the primary product. Yes. And the solo stuff is like some other stuff we get, and it's a great way for him to figure out, you know, how to make even bigger and better things, right? Because like all these guys have been working together, and then Jason Isbel goes and makes those two solo records, comes back with the band, who's been doing other stuff, but also work, you know what I mean? It's like he went off and learned how to be an incredible point guard, and then he like, put the dream team back together and it's just like everybody's passing the ball uh and they so do when have, this record they do have came great out chemistry. it was like 
together. Yeah. And so when this record came out, it was like, oh, yeah, they're staying together. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, this is the crew. And uh, it and it felt good, too. Because I was kind of like, okay, that was fun, but I wanted a solo record again. And then I heard this, and I was like, I'm good. This is fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All is well. Well, and I know you've compared this to something more than free, as, as if... As in, like, the, the follow-up to a near-perfect album, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's very much that. Oddly. It's like... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, 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 you go ahead. No, you go ahead. No, you. Uh, no, that, I mean, that's just it. <laughs> like, Something More Than Free is a, is a near-perfect record that follows, like, an absolutely, you know, perfect record. Yeah. Like, 110%, you know, kind of situation. It, and that's the same thing here. It's reunions is, like, a near-perfect record. On the tails of the Nashville sound, you know. What's weird and, uh, is it spent so much time like at the top of so many charts. It did, yes. And like we just and we just talk about the other record. Yeah. And I think sometimes I think I think of some of the songs on this record as being on the Nashville sound. Oh, really? I also sometimes think about um, White Man in a White Man's World being on this record, just because it feels like that song was written in 2020. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is sadly evergreen. Yeah. Um, strangely, th- this may be Jason's most well-reviewed album. Pitchfork actually gave it a seven point eight, which is higher than they give any of his other albums. If you can believe 7.8's it, seven point eight's low, buddy. <laughs> I mean, Pitchfork, it, P- Pitchfork has not been super kind to Jason Isbell's body of work. So yeah. Um, th- th- but and also this is this was named one of the best albums of the year by a bunch of different publications: Rolling Stone, Paste, Billboard, Stereo Gum, Consequences of Sound. Um, a lot of a lot of publications name this as one of their favorite albums of that of 2020. It's an incredible record. Yeah. It is a great record, and you kind of alluded to this last time, which is the, the fact that Jason has talked about how creating this album almost completely wrecked his marriage. Yeah, and uh, he he really kind of went into a, I guess a pretty dark space while he was working on this, and um, and, and Amanda said, uh, "I am not going to uh, stay here for this." Yeah, she got a room. A nice hotel. Yeah, very like they did a, a New York Downtown. Times interview and, and talked about <laughs> yeah. uh, talked about all this. Yeah, this is a great interview. They, uh, I think they've also done a um, Death, Sex, and Money interview that was really good. Oh, I bet the, I, I, I haven't listened to it, but I'm sure it was. Yeah, uh, yeah, them too, and Anna Sale. Like that's what a room, you know. Yeah, that's a, that's a good interview right there, just from at face value. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So what what else you want to give us the lineup? Um, well, I mean it's the same lineup as as what we what we're used to with the four hundred units. It's the same lineup as the last album. Um, so if, if yeah. you if, if you know the players, you know their you know their names. It hasn't changed. Um, the the one thing that has changed is that David Crosby is on this album. There's several songs on this record where David Crosby is singing background vocals, which is pretty cool. I don't think I realized that, but now I hear it all throughout. Yeah, yeah. I hear. Yeah, he shows up exactly several times. Like that. Yeah. Yeah. What have I done? <laughs> yeah, he's on there. Yeah, on the on the yeah. That's track. yeah. No, earlier I was like, who is that? Yeah. <laughs> Which one of the guys is doing that? Um. And and that's the David Crosby, as in Crosby, Stills and Nash. Yeah, like, Crosby, this Stills is no and small Nash. thing that he's on this record. David Crosby. David Crosby. People say, people send him pictures of joints and he rates them. Yes, that <laughs> David <Twitter>. Crosby. <laughs> It just makes me so happy because he always comments on them too. It'll be like pretty decent. Could be rolled tighter. Clean your room. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, mm-hmm. 
All right. Uh, well, is there anything else, or do we want to get to the track by track? I'm, I think we just need to get track by track. All right, let's do it, man. So, track one, what have I done to help? Yes. So This is a, sort of a hell of a way to start a record off. It, it is an, it's an interesting opening track. It's also noteworthy that this is the only song on the album with a co-write credit. It's uh, yeah. co- co-written. I mean, and I say co-written. There's a, so- there's a, so- uh, a story to this, but it is uh, it, Michael Kiwanuka is the, is the listed co-writer. It turns out that they didn't actually collaborate on this song. Jason was actually writing it and found that it was very similar to Kiwanuka's song, One More Night. So instead of rewriting the song, he reached out to Michael Kiwanuka. I hope I'm pronouncing his name right. To ask permission to use the melody, and uh, Michael Kiwanuka gave Jason permission in exchange for a co-write credit on the song. So they didn't like get together in a room and write the song. Yeah. So Jason was like, "This sounds a whole lot like this other song, and I don't want to have yeah. to rewrite it. So I need to. I just need to give this guy a co-write credit." That's cool. That that's the way he solved it. Because a lot of us will just be like, "Oh man, I came up with this." Yeah. And then you go back and you hear something later, and you're like, "I stole that whole cloth, man." Dang, and just like just be bummed about it for forever. Yeah, and I gotta say, it does sound like some of Michael K- K- Kiwanuka. Kiwanuka. I, I usually just don't say his last <laughs> name out loud. Yeah, um, it does kind of have a vibe. Honestly, the drums feel a little bit like something on a song he he would do. So I, I kind of, uh, I wonder if it like influenced it a little bit more once he knew he could like go with it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, this is an interesting song. It's uh, It feels, sonically, it, it doesn't really fit the rest of the album at all. You know, it, like, it feels very different to me. Um, it, it, it actually does sound more like a Michael Kiwanuka song than a Jason Isbell song. Yeah. Um, yeah, my, it really grooves like one. And the acoustic lead in the background is a very Michael Kiwanuka. Like, yeah. What's the song, Home Again? Oh, I don't know. Like, yeah, there's all kinds of guitar work like that. Mm. Uh, so... It also has the distinction of being the longest song on the album. So do you not like this song? Is that what I'm getting? I, I like it fine. It's it's not my favorite on, on the album. It, to me, this is the... Uh, Springsteen fans will, will appreciate this, this analogy. Uh, to me, this is the Outlaw Pete of this album. It, it is... <laughs> I, although I do think it's a better song than Outlaw Pete. So, okay, okay. Um, but it, it's, think- it, it's, it's there. It has, it has its merits... Um, it, it's an odd way to open the album. I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how I feel about it as as an opening track. You, are, do you think are, "Be are, Afraid"? Are, are you, do you think "Be Afraid" should be the first track on this record? Um, I mean, that's if I was going to retrack this whole record. Um, think about the beginning guitar part, like how the whole thing feels compressed, and then those guitars come in. Man, that's a good question. Wide open. I think "Be Afraid" is a perfect opening track for this record. "Be Afraid" could be I the opening about track. It. Yeah. Every time it comes on. Because it's deep enough in it that I'm like, oh, is this, is the record over? Am I on to the next? Is there another, did this, oh no, this is just a weird placement of a track. Yeah. Honestly. <laughs> like it, it feels like another record started. If he, if he had swapped this song with Dreamsicle, it would have made a lot more sense to me, I think. Yeah. Dreamsicle's not like a great first track on a record. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm Well, and, like and thematically, okay, so. Uh, th- this is at first. I-, I thought this was like a social ju- like the first time I heard heard the song all the way through. I thought like, oh, he's he's returning to like hope the high road. He's he's talking about like social issues, yeah. but uh, that's not actually what this song is about. This, the, it's him confronting his own moral shortcomings. It's not preachy. It's it's more introspective. Um, the second verse actually seems to be directly about his divorce from uh, his, not from Amanda Shires, but from his first wife, uh, his former bandmate Shauna Tucker, and. Um, 
as you dig into the lyrics, you realize it's, it's about how he relates to other people and how he feels selfish in those relationships. And you do find like, oh, maybe that is a, a theme that you find in this album. So like thematically, maybe it does work as the front door, but like sonically, it feels a little bit disjointed from the rest of the album. I don't know. What, what do you think? I think it's a root. I think I like the music enough that I'm not. You're not bothered by it. I don't have any. Yeah. Yeah. The instrumentation is incredible. The playing's great. The guitars are e- creepy. Uh, and I also think that it's one and the same as like that hope for the high road is um, it's very much like we can do this. We can keep our spirit high and just be good. And that can be good enough. And then like, this is the next thing we find here, you know, four years later when we find out that is not true. Yeah. And it's it is introspective it's like what have i done to help it's like it is about all that stuff but it's also like what have i been doing to help Mm -hmm. you know like this is the same as everything else i'm just going along to get along like of course nothing changed what have i done yeah i think it's kind of the same Mm, interesting i think it fits i think it's the i think it's a perfect transition into the you know what i mean oh cool sets the stage good so Uh, so how many yeah. how many ripped off melody lines would you give this uh, this song? Oh, dude, five, five. You're a five on this. Okay, I'm a three and a half. Oh, ooh, that is not what I was expecting. <laughs> I mean, I like it. I'm not three and a half is a solid score. I, it, it's just it's not my favorite song on the album. Um, I also think it feels kind of Springsteeny. How so? I don't know. The pedal steels kind of feel like. Um, I mean, it's like a tried and true Americana thing, but it also kind of feels like what a, a Bruce guitar part would have been on Wrecking Ball, mm. like behind a melody. Okay. Right? I like that bass part is a very, like, Gary bass part. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Nice. I also think, I texted you this week, like, this record could be an E Street Band record. <laughs> Interesting. A lot of it could. Yeah. I don't know. This I, song... Is one of those. I, I feel like it's more it, it, it's more of, of a Fleetwood Mac record, and I, I think I mentioned that to you with one specific track yeah. in mind. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it, it definitely has a lot of throwback sort of vibes to it. Yeah, it has that some of that like not R and B, but definitely like likes R and B. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that sort of like Southern white guy who likes R and B, who's like very inspired by, but respectful enough of to stay away from, <laughs> you know, sort of like, yeah, I like, yeah. I mean like, yeah. Muscle Shoals Florence. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's that Sheffield, Alabama. Say. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. All right. All right. We're going to hit dream. Yeah. So track two is dream sickle. It's a really beautiful song. Sonically. Tell me what you feel about the song. Uh, so I just changed my rating. Okay. And I'll tell you, I just realized, like, I've been singing this in my head all day, all week. And, uh, it's not that complex, uh, or even maybe that interesting, but it's, it's, it's a vibe. It's a memory. It is. Yeah. It's a a memory is a good way to put it. It's a place in time. It's a, it's yeah. It's like a sepia Polaroid. Yeah. You know, like a photo in your mom's photo album mm-hmm. that you look at every time somebody dies and you move it from one house to the next or whatever. Like, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. it's, uh, yeah, there's like a little shimmery guitar in there and there's, you know, a little, little bit of snare drumming. 
It's, it's sweet. Yeah. It's, it is sweet. Well, and it has a child narrator, which kind of sweetens it a little bit. And it's, and it, but it's yeah. also got, got a bitter edge to it because it's about a parent or it's about a, a child whose, parent, whose parents are splitting up. So like, yeah. in, in an interview with Apple Music, here's what Jason said about the song. He said, it's a sad story about a child who's in the middle of a home that's breaking apart. But I find that if you can find positive anchors for those kinds of stories, if you can go back to a memory that's positive, and that, that's what the chorus does. Then you're then once you're there inside that time period in your life, it makes a, it a little easier to look around and pay attention to the darker things. This kind of song could have easily been too sad. It's sad enough as it is, but there are some very positive moments. The chorus being the most important. You're just sitting in a chair having a popsicle on a summer night, which is what kids are supposed to be doing. But then you see things that are pretty heavy at home. So the yeah. the, the dreamsicle is the escape to from what's you know what's also going on in this person's life yeah i just like yeah even though it's sad like i just want to like shoot this scene and spend the day in it you know yeah it it does paint a picture um yeah oh man i'm all cozy and emotional now (laughs) yeah i also think the guitar part like there's a little solo that just like is really small and nice because it i don't know it just feels like it's like a you know, a real delay pedal, reverb pedal, big body guitar, you know? Yeah. It's nice. It is nice. It's very good. It's so nice. All right. How, so how many um, drink, uh, folding lawn chairs do you give this song? Very nice. I think I'm a four and a half on this one. What about you? You're a four and a half on this? Yeah. yeah I'm a, I was like a, I was a four until I realized that I've been singing this song nonstop. I'm a five. This is definitely one of the catchier songs on the record. Yeah. Daddy's howling at the moon gonna get home soon. Yeah. 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 And then I think it moves really nicely into Only Children. Yeah, track, track three, Only Children, is... Uh, it, it, uh, yeah, you're right. It, it does move really nicely. In fact, it sort of follows some of the, some similar themes because it's about bonding with other people during your formative years. So it's also about memory. Yeah. And it... Uh, I'll tell you, it gets... This record drops real low and slow, real fast, and still stays interesting. Yes, absolutely, you know I mean? it does. For the number of rock and roll songs on this record, track three is quiet and slow. You know, he almost didn't include this song on the record. And he made it track three instead. Yeah, it's the one. That's, it's the one that's got the most plays. Yeah, on Spotify. Amanda is. Is it really? Yeah, twelve million. Oh wow! How about that? Yeah, Amanda so was I actually the like one who convinced him to keep it on. Something. I. I believe that a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. She's, yeah. she said, in fact, I think in an interview, she said he was going to, that Jason was going to lead this off and now it's the heartbeat of the record. Uh, uh-huh. I didn't realize it had the most amount of plays on Spotify. That's really cool. Yeah. I just love the, like, are you still taking notes? Will you read me what you wrote? Mm-hmm. It really is like, I don't know. Yeah. It really, yeah, it's sweet. Yeah. Well, it's about songwriting. It's got sort of a, like I said, kind of an introspection kind of, kind of thing going on um, during like a formative years um, who, who, like as you're becoming who you're becoming and as you're bonding with people yeah. over similar interests and you know, it's, it's really cool. And it's got even more uh, Eastery bandiness to it. It's got more David Crosby uh, too. Uh, do you think, do you remember when we took too much just to get a little of the human touch? Ha. Yeah. 
I I don't I wouldn't be surprised if that was like a reference. I wouldn't either. Jason's a big Bruce Springsteen fan, so and and this feels like a like this feels like an East Street Band record to me. It really does. Mm. Ever since I texted you that, I was on a run the other day, and I like stopped and uh, to text that. I almost got hit. I should, don't text the run. I almost got hit by a car. <laughs> I was at an intersection. Yeah, go stand in somebody's uh, lawn or something before you do that. And uh, but ever since I sent that text, I've I've been thinking about how this really does feel like an East Street Band record well, so, in a lot of places. So much so that there's actually a song called River. Yes, which we'll get to in a minute. Following running with our eyes closed. That's right. <laughs> which to me is what started this conversation. Yes. So what do you like about this song? About only children? I yeah. think I think the melody is very pretty. I, I, I really like the 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 kind of the hauntedness of it. Um the the David Crosby background vocals do not hurt it at all. It's it's very good. You know, it's just a very pretty song. Yeah. Yeah. And there's that like Mark Knopfler guitar part. Mm-hmm. And the back it has i mean if you really whoever decided to put the the synths in the background like the almost like theremin sound that would be mr dave cobb uh yeah good great job dave, great cobb. Job, dave cobb i would have if somebody's like let's add this and they just played that to me by itself i'd have been like no <laughs> <laughs> you know what yeah. i mean but it's just got like totally different instruments in each ear and it's got that the only thing that's like in both ears is like the voice in that just like alien abduction sound in the background you know but it opens it up and it makes it really like you're receiving a memory out of the ether yeah which yeah oh and the uh after the choruses when it like bam bam like the first note that it goes to is like a flat you know it feels like it's supposed to be a different it feels like it's supposed to be a more resolved note and i think that gives it a really like interesting vibe Mm. Yeah, it, it's uh, it, it's well constructed. It's well produced. It's 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 just a very pretty song. Yeah. Yeah. All right, next track. Wait, how many uh, how many only children oh. would you give it? Sorry, I got really excited <laughs> for a second. I give it four and a half. Okay, I'm I'm exactly there with you. Yeah, I think four and a half is is the correct rating for this song. So, which leads yeah. us into the next track, which is overseas. Which <laughs> dude. This song rocks. I absolutely. When I love tell this song. you, I've put lotion on six times today because my fingers are so dry because I've been playing this song guitar all day. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, I'm not exaggerating, dude. Uh, this is the most fun guitar part, and it's so cool. It just sounds so cool. Yeah, it, it is. The, the, the song is so great. This, I might go so far as to say, this is my favorite song on the record. Yes, you know, um, it, it, it it absolutely contains one of my favorite all time opening lines, which is, if I could get to it, it is. It used to be a ghost town, but even the ghost got out. Yeah, and it's got, dude. The guitar part sounds like it's got Cliffs of Dover by Eric Johnson tone. Mm. You know, like he's been wanting to play this guitar solo his entire life. Yes. <laughs> I'll never forget getting on Twitter when this record came out and I heard this. I was like, I'm going to go tweet at Sadler how awesome this sounds. <laughs> well, you know, it's not Sadler I got Sadler on Twitter. Playing. Right. I got on Twitter and everyone had already done that. Obviously, I wasn't original. <laughs> and Sadler had been replying all day like, not me. <laughs> yeah. This is Jason on the guitar. <laughs> I agree. That blew my mind when I heard it, too. It's not com- like complicated. It's just nice. Uh, it's I, good. It's not like everyone could play it, but it's not like complicated. 
the solos a little tricky. It's, the solos are, <laughs> but it's so good. And then whenever they go into the chorus, and they do that, they go to like that E minor, and he, the guitar they bend the guitar strings like down, you know, like the neck. So it's like, mm-hmm. it's so heavy. It's so heavy. Yeah. It, it, this is just sonically. This is a very good song. Um, yeah. and, and also lyrically it's, it's very strong as well. He, he wrote this song while he was, he and Amanda were out on the road on separate tours. And yeah. the song, the song is about a couple who split up and now live on opposite sides of the ocean. So it's, he, he's, he's getting it. I, I mean, again, you sort of sense a theme. It's about sort of the dis, um, disconnection, dislocation of relationships. So is the whole record. And this song does a good job of sort of playing into that theme really, really well. Yeah. Oh, dude. It's so good. Yeah. Well, in the, the, the refrain of, or in the chorus where he says, my love won't change. And then the final part is, my love won't change a thing. You know, so, yeah, my, my love won't change. I will always love you. But then there's also the thing of like, yeah, but that doesn't fix this. Yeah. You know. I love that first chorus. The waiter made a young girl cry at the table next to mine tonight. Mm-hmm. And I know you would have brought him to his knees, but you're overseas. Those are the things, you know, you really sort of hold on to whenever you lose somebody or whenever you like miss somebody. Yeah. It's like whenever you see somebody that some, that like the person you miss would just absolutely clown on, mm-hmm. you know, and you just want nothing more than for this to be like a TikTok you could send someone, you know, like, Oh, I wish so-and-so was here. They would absolutely, you know, yeah. like whatever it is. I love that. Yeah, man. It's good. It's really, it, it's, it's so perfectly well done and constructed. It's um, like you said, the guitar work is top notch. This, this is what I was hoping for with this record. It's a full band song yes, it too. Is. It's so good. Uh, yeah. I mean, the thing about the guitar part is like just the way he, uh, it's the it's the Jimi Hendrix thing. It's like, yeah, anybody can play a Jimi Hendrix guitar solo, but like, no one can play it like that. Right? <laughs> yeah, like BB King. Like BB King's licks aren't necessarily difficult. BB King is the absolute number one smoothest smoothest touch in out of all guitar players. That's it's like this this solo. Whenever you know they revisit the guitar list, the Rolling Stone top one hundred guitar players list, they're going to talk about how Jason Isbell put the over under. Um, Tom Morello sounding guitar part inside of a country solo in a rock song on a country record. Mm. You know, like that the Tom Morello thing yeah. that he does in it. Ah, dude, it's like a yeah. The first time I heard the song, I was just listening to the guitar with my mouth open. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, it is good. How many uh, ghost towns would you give it? Five. Same. Yeah, five. Yeah. Absolutely, without question. Yeah, it's so good. It is so good. And I love that he doesn't hold on to, you know, instead of just playing the guitar part like once or twice, he's like, no, this shit's super cool. I'm going to do it all throughout the song. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I love it. Mm -hmm. All right, next track, Run It With Our Eyes Closed. All right, this is the song I said sounds like the best song Fleetwood Mac never wrote. How do you feel about that? Yeah. I get it, yeah. I also think it sounds, yeah, it absolutely sounds like a Fleetwood Mac song, but I also think it sounds like it could be an E Street Band song. See, I don't, I don't hear the E Street Band in this at all. I, I hear, I hear Fleetwood. Imagine Mac. Little Steven on his like whatever weird looking Ibanez guitar that he's playing that night, 
playing that opening guitar part, like hunched over and like tiptoeing around the stage. <laughs> I mean, I can see them covering something that sounded like this, but I, I, I don't see this being like, to me, this doesn't sound like an Eastry band original. I don't know, man. <laughs> I could be wrong. I, I think, mean, you're, I think you're, when the rest of the, the band the comes band. in, say what? They're like, when the, ba- the guitars come Okay, in. well, yeah. Okay, I can hear it. And it's that yeah. wall, and everybody's like, riding with our, you know, where it goes from like a, like a little like sneaky thing into like a bar rock song. Yeah, that's the that's the recipe for an East Street Band. See, song. all I hear is Fleetwood Mac. All I, to me that sounds like Lindsey Buckingham, like totally unfiltered. No, that like, but do I don't know. L- listen, I mean, listeners, yeah, tweet sure. at us. Is this more of a Fleetwood Mac sounding song or an East Street Band sounding song? Yeah, you know, I love or both. I mean, it's I think it's both for sure. <laughs> Absolutely, maybe I love so. It, though. Maybe it is. And I love the, like, just that wide-open guitar running with your eyes closed. Yeah. Yeah. Also, the drums in the very beginning, like, play the little lick really quietly. And then they stop and count four on the hi-hat. And then they play it again. And then everybody comes Mm. in. It always throws me off. I don't know. It's a weird... I don't know. It just feels like it shouldn't have been included. Yeah. But it's also kind of vibey. It is very vibey. I don't know. Um, yeah, this song is super vibey. Um, I, I, lyrically, I don't fully understand all the parts of the song, um, but but it does seem to be overall. It does seem to be about a relationship that has had its struggles, and the chorus seems to be about how they got into this relationship without fully knowing what they were doing. Hence, the running with your eyes closed kind of sentiment yeah. to, that it has to it. So, I, I sonically, I think I like it more than I, I like lyrically, just because lyrically. I, I don't I don't fully I, I can't fully understand everything he's trying to say I don't think um, I, I'm I'm not totally connecting the dots I, I think that's that may, maybe it just means I need more need to spend more time with it but um, and that's not a complaint I, I'm just saying like I, I just don't fully I'm not fully grasping all the different pictures he's trying to paint what about you yeah I love this song, oh I do man. too I do too I'm I'm a five on this one I'll just go ahead and tell you I am too yeah absolutely. Um, it's it's a perfect song. <laughs> Even yeah, it does kind of feel like tune salad. The lyrics a little yeah. bit. Well, like I mean, the, the the second part of the first uh, the first verse where he says, "To a prayer that was pleasing, not thank you. To a question I wrote in the sand. To a wish I made on a satellite from a witness in tears on the on the stand." Um, yeah. I don't know what that means. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I yeah yeah I, yeah. I, it feels like a '90s song. Yeah, there there are certain parts where of this that like, I do. What's the most esoteric sounding lyrics that we can come up yeah, with. Yeah. Yeah. And there are certain parts of the lyrics that I do. And I'm able to sort of piece it together. What like exactly kind of overall what he's trying to say. It's just like, I can't, I couldn't tell you the definition of every line, you know, it does kind of feel like a, a cover, like a, um, a Bob Dylan parody. If you wrote those out. Yeah. Like when uh, Dewey Cox is the Bob Dylan song. That I, I don't know if I told you this. I, I watched that that movie not that long ago, and I thought about you when when he was doing the Bob Dylan part with the mouse with yeah. the, the the mouse with the overbite. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, is that the first time you've seen it? Yeah, I'd seen never it seen it before. Oh, did you love it? I did. I laughed really hard through it. Yeah. It's such a beautiful. Did you watch the super long version where Jack White does Elvis for forever? No, I, I I only I watched whatever was on Hulu. So it's oh, okay. whatever, probably the original theatrical cut. God, it's such a perfect movie. <laughs> Tim Meadows. Tim, Tim Meadows is great. Well, want, what's funny you is you don't want no part of this dude. I watched it. I watched it around the same time that the Elvis movie came out, and every review oh, I yeah. heard or that I read about the Elvis movie, which I never saw, but every review of it was like, did Baz Luhrmann not see 
Dewey, Dewey Cox because he basically just made this movie with, you know without the comedy. Like the the, oh, the part no. where he says <laughs> Dewey Cox needs to think about his whole damn life before he play, he goes on yeah, stage. <laughs> Did you love the credits where he sings his own? You, have you heard the news, Dewey Cox? Have you heard the news? Dewey Cox died. But it's him singing the song. No, I missed it. Because when, you, when you're watching something on Hulu, by the time the credits start rolling, it like wants you to watch it's the like next play, thing. Yeah, it's serving you up the next yeah, thing. Yeah, so I, I did not get to experience that. He sings, have you heard the news, Dewey Cox died? Which is him singing a song about him being dead. <laughs> <laughs> And that seems silly, but it references so many musicians. And do, and David Bowie up and did that later. Yeah, he did. <laughs> yeah, I guess Leonard Cohen and David Bowie did it the same year. Yeah, that's that's baller. That's that's how you go out right there. Yeah, when you listen to that song, like I, that record, I want it darker, and then like, and then the next day you read that Leonard Cohen died, and you're like, oh yeah, well, yeah, I know. He told me yesterday. Yeah. Um. Well, yeah, man. So. What were we talking about? Running with our eyes closed? <laughs> it's a great song. It's a good song. Yeah, I don't know how we got all the way over here. Uh, I'm not totally sure either, but I, I enjoyed it. So speaking of East Street Band songs. Yeah, the next track is River. River. Not to be confused yeah. with The River, the Bruce Springsteen song slash album. But uh, yeah. Yeah, so in in this song, so it's it's, it's a song about a river. <laughs> yeah. Uh, not, not a river that he goes down to and dies or dives. Is it dive? We go down to the, I don't know. Um, but um, anyway, so, but it's, it's not that kind of river. It's a different kind of river. So t- tell me, sonically, what do you hear when you hear this song? Uh, I don't know. It's a pretty chill, like pretty straightforward 400 unit song. You know, you got your, you got your piano, you got your, you know, snare brushes on the, uh, kind of doing the, your railroad snare. Yeah. It's, you know, it's just pretty straightforward. It, it all serves the melody. It, it does all serve the melody. You're right. Um, so in this song, the river is both a place of refuge and it's, it's also sort of an accomplice of wrongdoing. So like, like, as in like wash my knuckles when they bleed and hide the weapon in the weeds and you know, like the river really does feel not to like keep trying to force this point, but like a sister, it feels like a sister. How so? Just like you were saying, like she keeps his secrets. She's there to, you know, like watch, like it feels like a big sister, you know, it's just like river was my savior. She, um, I don't know, but also I was listening to it thinking like, this record sounds like an E Street Band song. This song's <laughs> The River. It reminds me of a sister. But it really does feel like, you know, just like someone who's there for you, someone who's got your back, someone who keeps your secrets, you know, someone you can just like lay down next to and like take a deep breath and be like, I had a bad day. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, and I also think the the melody coming out of each verse is really beautiful. It, the, the melody is quite beautiful. Yeah. Or the bridge. Sorry, the bridges. The two bridges. Oh, yeah. Also, Those also melodies. very nice. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have much else to say about this song. Do you, do you, are, there, are there other thoughts on this that you have? No. I think it's a really beautiful um, personification of the river. Yeah. You know? Totally. I... Uh, the she's used to be a cloud. The river's my savior because she used to be a cloud. She's happy just to lay there when she used to be so proud. And that's such a fun way to <laughs> communicate the idea that a river used to be rain. <laughs> yeah, she used to be a cloud. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
and you know yeah make that sort of an image for like yeah but now she's prouder after she fell mm-hmm. um yeah and like yeah protect me from my neighbor that's kind of an interesting way to think about that you know it just uh but then also like maybe a sort of like a there's definitely a civil rights Emmett Till reference in here too so like maybe complicity being complicit is not always great mm. You know, like, uh, wash my knuckles when they bleed, protect me from my neighbor, all is jealousy and greed, take the body to the delta and hide the weapon in the weeds. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's definitely a, a sense that the river is helping him get away with something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, beautiful song. Beautiful song. How many uh, weapons in the weeds would you give it? Look, man, I feel like it sounds like I'm being lazy, but I just really love this record. Five. Okay, I'm a four here. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. It's probably the right, probably the right review. I just, <laughs> no, it's it's. I, I, I don't. I would not begrudge anybody a five on any of these songs. Yeah. Uh, how do you feel about "Be Afraid"? I like "Be Afraid." Um, so th- this, th- I got a lot of notes on this one. So um, Jason introduced the song at uh, Austin City Limits by saying that he's trying to encourage people to quote be themselves as loudly as possible. And so he, and then he adds, "I don't know if I'm in any position to do that." But I think if we're going to make any progress as a society, then people have to be brave enough to say what they feel. So this this is kind of I feel like this is sort of the uh, the aftermath of white man's world. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like this is what happens yeah. when a country or an artist with a lot of country fans uh, starts talking about racial justice and ends up kind of getting a, some blowback for that. And he's like, yeah. yeah, he probably knew that was going to happen, but he did it anyway. And so like the the idea of like don't don't let the fear of doing the right thing stop you from doing the right thing. Yeah. Do it anyway. Yeah. Um, he, I will say my one my one real note on this song is like, do we need to add more space in there to fit in do it anyway? Or you just want to keep rushing it? <laughs> do it anyway. Yeah. There, there's, do it anyway. Well, and I mean, the thing is, he got the, 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 the line. And this, this to me, I don't know. I, I don't know if this is, is a complaint or just something that I, I noticed that I wish I didn't know. But uh, there's actually a well-known book about fear called Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway. By Susan Jeffers, and I feel like Jason yeah. probably either read that book or at least liked the title enough to like wedge it into this song. Yeah, because he's basically taking that same idea: feel the fear, do it anyway. Be afraid, do it, do it anyway, do it and, anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah, I do love that he says we don't take requests, we don't shut up and sing. Yes, I like that too. When you tell the truth, you find out it rhymes with everything. Yeah, that's really um, good, man. That, 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 and, and you can tell there's a lot of emotion. There's probably some anger here in this song. Yeah. It feels like the band was a part of this song, which is cool. Yeah. You know what I mean? It feels like he's like, we don't take requests. We don't shut up and sing. It doesn't feel like he wrote that lyric. It feels like they wrote that song. Does that make sense? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I can't dispute that. Yeah, in a way that like a lot, you know, a lot of this stuff very, very much feels written by Jason Isbell because like he is the primary, you know, chief guy. Yeah. But like this, to me, this song feels like a, a collaborative effort. It, and, and maybe it was. Maybe in the studio there was a lot of uh, a lot of voices, a lot of cooks in the kitchen. He's yeah. He's he's listed as the only songwriter, but that doesn't mean there weren't people who gave him ideas and suggestions. Yeah, sure. or even just like an endorsement. You know, like there's a bunch of just jamming effects pedal guitar at the end. Like it feels like some dudes heard this song and were like, "Yes, we're signing off on this. Yeah, let's 
like let's turn on our phaser pedals <laughs> you know like yeah. so i love it i think uh, it's a great song i do too i like it a lot he's he uh, I, I think it more... could be the first track this could have been the first track this, this would have been a really yeah. interesting first track this probably would have been misleading as a first track though because it, it's because if the theme of the record is like broken relationships and sort of introspection in relationships oh yeah that's a good point th- this doesn't really it, this, this is almost like i said this is almost sort of like the the, the track that should have come after white man's world so yeah. um but but it is it, it comes from a true emotional place so it it's still i'm glad it's on the record even if it, it doesn't like fully thematically fit so um he said this to apple music he said i feel like i stick my i stick my neck out and I think a lot of us recording artists end up sticking our necks out pretty often to talk about what we think is right. And then you turn around and see a whole community of singers and entertainers who just keep their mouth shut. I mean, it's not up to me to tell somebody how to go about their business, but I think if you have a platform and you're somebody who's trying to make art, I think it's impossible to do that without speaking your mind. For me, it's important to stay mindful of the fact that there are a lot of people in this world that don't have any voice at all, and nobody is paying any attention to what they're complaining about, and they have some really valid points. I'm sorry, some really valid complaints. So he feels like it's his job to speak up because there are people who would speak up if they had a platform. So, um, like you said, he stick. That's why he sticks his neck out. So um, it's just sort of showing Jason's kind of heart for um, the marginalized and the voiceless. Yeah. Well, and I, I mean, a lot of that comes from being like kind of a runt, you know, like and a poor kid in the from the middle of nowhere. You know what I mean? Like uh-huh. he's, you know, he he knows what it feels like to be like marginalized, and for whatever reason, that this isn't it to me. It feels like this is the response to that, you know, like to yeah. being like grow up like poor in the south is to be like, yeah, no one should be poor in the south, and not be like mean uh-huh. <laughs> which i think that he feels the same way like he's kind of dumbfounded that it feels like he's taking a stand i think regularly yeah um yeah anyway so yeah it's, it's a good song uh, it's very empowering how many uh how many requests? Susan Jeff- how many how many how many song requests would you give the song uh five nice man you are strong on this album no i love this album yeah yeah i'm a four and a half here yeah. I mean, like, we've been testing you, and you failed the way he delivered. Yeah, it's a five-star song, man. Come on. It's very good. Uh, how, do you, how do you feel about St. Peter's autograph? This song is really sad. Um, it but, goes it, but it has into... A really it does have a beautiful melody. It moves from the previous song into this song really well for them to be so different. You I know. know I mean? It really does. You're right. It's. I think it's similar chord progression yeah yeah so what do you you say it's it's a really sad song what about this like gets you well the context for this song is that amanda his wife had lost someone close to her and jason was trying to figure out how to he was trying to figure out how to get out of the way and also allow her to grieve you know but be uh, like Uh appropriately there for her so um so he to me this is this is sort of a song sung to somebody who's who's grieving and um and St. Peter is the figure, for those who don't know, is the figure who's often said traditionally to be guarding the gates of heaven and that anyone who dies has to get his approval before entering God's kingdom. Like that's, that's sort of the image of St. Peter that we have in, in dominant religious culture. So, um, yeah. so that's, that, that's sort of the, 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 the meaning behind that particular line. So, to, yeah, to me, this is, it's, it's about grief. It's about being grief adjacent. And how do you, how do you, be near someone who's grieving and how do you sort of 
see them and, and bear witness to their grief in any sort of meaningful way. Yeah. It's what, a gorgeous song, man. Yeah. What, what do you like? What, what's gorgeous about it? What do you like about it? I mean, guitar playing is great. The way that they layer the uh, clean electric guitar with like that sort of reverby vibrato on it with the acoustic. So it almost sounds, they sound close enough that it, you don't really think about them as two different guitars, even though like one's an electric guitar and one's an acoustic guitar. And like the finger picking is really nice. And then there's the melodies are really nice. And then you have these like, you know, a little sad violin stuff in the background floating sort of in and out of it. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, it's, it's haunting. Haunting is, is the right word for it. And it's haunting and haunted. Yeah. Yeah. Haunted. Yeah. Um, and it also, uh, yeah, you know, we talk about like with Bruce, a lot of times like form is function. Like this song sounds like what it's about. Yeah. Yes. This is like a really good example of that. Yeah. Th- this is a great example of I think that's a, that's a good point. Yeah. 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 And it's so, yeah, like I see you suffering through the best of days and still you're putting me first. Um, yeah. I did the scene where he's like, let him dance around our room. I think it's really beautiful. Like you can take our most intimate space and do whatever with it. Yeah. You know? Uh-huh. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, yeah. Yeah, I don't have a I whole lot. To I definitely s- cried listening. To this. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. No, I don't have a whole lot to say about this, so I'm kind of I'm kind of relying yeah. on you to kind of fill in the gaps. Yeah, no, I've definitely cried listening to this song before. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. I think it's a really, yeah, yeah, and it's got just some really nice subtle guitar work throughout. That's nice. It is. Yeah, it is nice. Yeah. Um, what about track nine, which is "It Gets Easier." Oh, oh wait. how many uh, autographs do you give St. Peter's autograph? Uh, four. How about you? Four, <laughs> five. <Yeah. laughs> nice, man. You're you are up on this album. I'm lo- I'm loving it. I love it so much. Good. I've got. I'm not all fives from here on out, but I'm, <laughs> I'm not. There will be another. But. That's a good feeling. <laughs> all right, so this next one, it's it gets easier. Where yeah. are you at? Tell me how I'm going to talk forever about this. So I'm a, like, how do you feel about it? I love this first? song. I the, I think the song. I mean, I, I say I think this song is definitely about living in recovery from addiction. Um, it, yeah. it, this song, I mean, just personally on a personal note, this song is very meaningful to me while I was struggling to figure out how to live with clinical depression. Like, how do you, yeah. you know, like it, the idea of it gets easier, but it never gets easy. It doesn't like you, you become, you get better at managing it, but you don't, it doesn't ever just yeah. go away. Um, yeah. Jason, the day you realize that something isn't like, Oh, this is a thing where I get depressed sometimes, but like I am now. It is. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> and it, like, it is a thing when you realize that, yeah, it's a part of who I am. Yeah. That, Something, yeah, it's like it's yeah. For me, it's like oh, it's not like oh, I get manic sometimes. It's like okay, every day is a battle to keep it below, you know, a thousand hertz or whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, um, yeah, that's what this song is. It's so to me like, I had this thought on the same run. I was like, that is why this is relatable to me. I wonder if this is relatable to other people who aren't necessarily in recovery. Yeah, Be- because of that reason, or for that reason. Yeah, I mean, for anybody who has has a, a chronic struggle with anything, like that, this this song can be very yeah. meaningful. Well, it starts off. Last night I dreamed I've been drinking. Same dream I have about twice a week. I had one glass of wine. I woke up feeling fine, and that's how I know it was a dream. Yeah, that's great. And what a great, <laughs> yeah. what a great verse. <laughs> yeah, and all the verses are like that, and it's so. Uh, 
it's really like profound but funny you know yeah well in the line where he says like I, like there's a cop behind me i wish he'd pull me over now um you know he uh, he actually he, he did an interview where he talks about that line he says in uh, variety he says uh quote he says there have been quite a few times when a cop got, will get behind me, and I'll think, okay, go for it, buddy. I've got all my papers together here. I know where my insurance card is. That, that used to not be the case at all. I'd have to rummage through looking for everything, and more often than not, I'd be a little bit drunk and start thinking, well, how many did I have? How long has it been? In a song like that, you yeah. want to say something that's widely understood, but, uh, but there's also, there also should be some detail where people think, oh, not everybody's going to get this, because then they'll feel more, more heard themselves. Um, yeah. So yeah, he he's he's taught he's he's really like drawing from his own experiences here. And just like on all the other songs on this record, it's got a great guitar solo. <laughs> yes, it does, and it's got a great chorus. Yeah. Oh yeah, it gets easier, but it doesn't get easy. I could say it's all worth it, but you won't believe me. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. It's good. It's re- it's it's a very and powerful it's so song. true. I feel that way. I I can sing this to myself. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you relearn in these sort of like, yeah, like chronic endemic, whatever thing you're dealing with. Like you, you really do have to relearn it regularly and remind yourself like, yeah, that's the thing you think you're doing great. And so you quit doing the thing and then you're not doing good anymore. And you're like, but I was doing great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you quit doing the thing. You stop taking your meds, bud. <laughs> like uh, Pete Davidson said, just take your meds. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, how many meds would you get? Uh, five. Same. I'm a five here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For I mean, without a doubt, I love this song. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I also love the. There's a note in there. He's like a little about Amanda. You can't expect her to follow your lead. She's fine with her wine and weed. I know. Yeah. I was thinking <laughs> that is funny. Because I remember watching their like pandemic shows, and it, he would like get up on stage and she'd walk up behind him with her fiddle. She'd take a sip of her wine, she'd take a drag off of her <laughs> pen. <and>, like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Well, how do you feel about letting you go? Okay, this is the final track on the song, and this song is hard. Oh wait, it gets easier. How many? How many stars? I, I said five. Oh, you said five. Yeah. All right. Cool. I'll, yeah, we're, we're both a five on this one. All right. So the final track on the record, the, the closing remark here is Letting You Go. Um, every parent can relate to this song. It is so sad and so beautiful and so poignant and so profound, and I love it. Yeah, it really is beautiful. And um, also, it feels like it could be a Springsteen song. Not the lyrics. I don't think Springsteen could ever write about womanhood this way not to say he can't i don't know i, I think he can I, I i think i think bruce could totally have written this song but i think musically melody the way that the rhyme scheme works uh i think he absolutely could have written this yeah i think so and he would have been like he would have been like i just like those real slow old roy orbison songs Th- this song is what this could this could have been the last about this could have been the lost track from devils and dust yeah uh-huh you know i i could totally yeah. see that um, I just don't think the line, but there's a, there's things about babies a woman just knows. I think that's like Bruce Springsteen was born as is sort of like rural and good old Americana as he was. Was born just a little bit too far north to have written that. To like write that <laughs> Maybe line. he's a little too you know feminist I mean? to have said that. Yeah, 
I don't know. There's things about babies a woman just knows. Yeah. It's like, maybe even just have to be born in Alabama to have written that. That's possible. Yeah. I feel like Tennessee and Mississippi qualify. I think you're probably right. Maybe North Georgia. (laughs) Maybe. Maybe. Um, Um, But yeah, this is a beautiful song. And I, I probably would, you know, sing it to my daughter if it wouldn't make me sad. Yeah. Being your daddy comes natural. Which also sounds just like something that every Southern person's like daddy said to him. Yeah. Boy, being your daddy comes natural. It's just like the, I don't know, sorry. Yeah. Feels like a line written for a John Wayne movie. <laughs> <laughs> it does. It sort of sounds like an On the Prairie kind of song. Partner, being your daddy comes natural. <laughs> well, how many bloomed uh, roses would you give it? I was going to give it four, but I give it five because I've remembered how much I cry when I listen to it and think about my baby girl. I'm a five with this one as well. Yeah, I guess I only got uh, this. So this is a 9.999 record for me. Yeah, it's a great record, which is funny because it's the second best record from 2020, in my opinion. What's your best? Uh, Letter to You by Bruce. Bruce Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure, for sure. (laughs) I think this one squeaked out above Letter to You. Oh, wow. That's strong. That's high praise. Letter to You was great, though. Man. I loved Letter oh. to You, yeah. In spite of itself, 2020 ended up being an okay year for music. I guess so, yeah. Right, between those two records, at least. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah. But, uh, um, yeah, man, so Reunions, pretty great record. Pretty great. Yeah, <laughs> great record. One of the best. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so uh, I, I'm, I'm enjoying the Jason Isbell body of work up to this point I'm, I'm excited I hope 2023 brings us a new one yeah me too yeah I will uh, I'll say now that we're at the end of this this week or in last week I've gotten into in this similar world if you're looking for something in this similar world Joe Pug are you familiar with Joe Pug I am not at all familiar with Joe Pug <sighs> man good stuff his last two records one is a, re- a remake, a full band remake of his first record, and the other one is just a great record. They're so good, and I keep thinking about them. And they're they're in this sort of Americana vein. Um, they've collaborated with similar art, with the same artists, nice as Isbel. So very cool. Yeah, man. All right. Well, we did it, dude. We talked about all the Jason Isbel albums. It took us a little while. And it to, only to get it done. <laughs> it only took us two and a half years. It should not have taken that long, but it did. And we, yeah, well, we it really it just took like one and a half years. It took one year of not doing it. Right. In the middle of two shorter periods of doing we it. We took our time, let's say. And, uh, yes. you know, it's, you know, roses just know how to grow. But just the one time. We didn't take our time like we're going to mosey through this. We were like, we're going to do this and then we're going to, we're going to take a little nap. Yep. And it's going to be a coma. <laughs> yeah. So, people are going to call and check on you. <laughs> yes, they are. And we, and we are grateful for that. For which we are so grateful. It's like, oh, wow, yeah. No, we're good, actually. Yeah. yeah, no, we probably should tell someone we're alive. <laughs> you're right, you're right. Um, all right, well, any, any final thoughts about Jason Isbell before we get to what's next? No, no. I'm ready to hear what's next. Right. I'm excited. <laughs> Me too. So we'll, we have one more episode this year. It'll probably be about a month from now. And we're gonna we'll do our all year or year end all media overload, 
and we'll we'll wait till December to, to put that out because obviously we haven't seen all the media that we need to be consumed have consumed in order That's to right. appropriately do that. So uh, we've got I, so much more. I still have a book and a half that I need to finish before I can appropriately talk about books, um, and then definitely some movies I need to see and probably some TV shows I need to give it a, give it a shot. So you know I got you know got some stuff to consume yeah. before we get to the. I probably should watch a movie that's not a Marvel movie before the end of the year. I mean, not necessarily, but I just haven't watched any only if you feel year. led to do so. Um, so then we've got uh, so th- we'll do the all media overload, and then in January we're going to come back and we're going to get back into the alphabetical Springsteen. We're going to go back to to what, what got us here. We're going to talk Bruce. We're going to talk about. Uh, we'll talk Western Stars. We'll talk Letter to You. We'll talk Only the Strong Survive. Uh, we'll talk about some of the extra stuff that isn't on any of those records, but has been released anyway. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll go back to our, our original 20-minute per episode format where we talk about one song. We'll dig into it, and we'll talk about the next song the next episode. So, you know, for those of you who are out there, like, ever since we got done with Zero and Blind Terry, you're like, I just missed the way it used to be. Well, get, get, get yourself ready, folks, because we're going back yeah. to it. So, um, Good old days. Yeah. Uh, the good old days. Exactly. Um, glory, glory days, Sorry. as it were. I can't say that anymore. Yeah, glory days. Let's say glory yeah. days. Um, uh, so that's that's the current plan as it stands as of right now. Um, how excited are you about getting to really like ruminate in those two records? You know, I, like oh no, I got to do it for work kind of thing. I'm excited. I'm excited to get back into yeah. those albums for sure. Well, and I'm, I'm it, it, the timing here is is really good too because we get, we're getting this new ra- new album. And we're gonna have to just dig right into that immediately. It's just so we can pretty pumped about yeah. it. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm so glad he's releasing this album in November and not like say a- April. You know, after we've gotten started on the next season. So yeah, um, I'm I'm glad he's giving us as much to work with as possible. I'm just gonna spend the whole holiday soaking in it like a hot tub. Yeah, I can't wait. It, it releases so th- this this episode will go live on Monday and the and the album comes out the following Friday. So we'll. Uh, oh, that's gonna be so. Great. It's gonna be great. Yeah. Um, I'm, what if it sucks? I'm, I'm planning. Oh, I'm planning suck. to drive my family to, to Tulsa that day, and so we're gonna. That, that'll be on the. That'll be on the radio while we're while we're driving for <laughs> sure. I, I love how much more like how much more indoctrinated your family is than mine. It's like just wait on Springsteen. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Once my kids get a little bit older, I'm sure we'll listen to way more. But well, it's it's really just my daughter. The other the other two kids have kind of resisted it. But um, they figured out headphones early. Yeah, on. they're they're not as into it as as uh, Delia is. But I, I, you know, I'll take what I can get. One one out of three ain't my, bad. My kids do know all the lyrics to a number of Death Cab for Cutie and Pete Seeger songs. Well, there you so, go. So. You're doing it right. Yeah, I'm doing it all right. I think Bella would be proud of that. I think she would. The thing and sing a little Pete Seeger. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. All right. Well, this was fun, um, and we are right at an hour here, so that, that's that's good timing. Hey, yeah, perfect. We did it. Maybe I'll get some sleep tonight. So, uh, Maybe. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks everybody so much for listening. And until the all media overload, I'm Rob. That's JB. And we'll see you later.